With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time, that's 12 to 3 Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app, by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I think that there's a, a section of Laker fans that say, we're fine, we've got LeBron. And then there's another section that is are saying, all right, we're fine against the Suns, but we're going to need Anthony Davis back later on. And then there's another group And this is the group that I am in, and I'm not even a Lakers fan, that even if Anthony Davis does return, which isn't out of the realm of possibility, but again, unlikely to play tomorrow, if the Lakers were to survive Phoenix, which is no given, I don't know how you can look at Anthony Davis Mm -hmm. and his health situation and say to yourself, if you're a Lakers fan, that everything is going to be all right. I just don't, with the Anthony Davis situation being up in the air, and even if he returns, there's still that thought of the injury and that fear of a of a re-injury or another injury. 
what happened yesterday to me took the Lakers out of title contender possibilities. They may win the series against Phoenix, I don't know, but the health of Anthony Davis is so much of a question mark that I just don't think that you can put them in that title contender category anymore. So you're doing the Arnie Spanier. It's O-V-E-R <laughs> over because he said that a few few nights ago. But no, you know, so first of all, I think – your last point is my biggest takeaway from just what happened yesterday. What does it mean for Game 5? What does it mean for this series? We will find out. But in the bigger picture, it just becomes a thing. We really don't have a track record of Anthony Davis staying fully healthy over a two, three, four, five, six-month stretch. And I know it's been beaten to death, and, and so many guys have talked about it on this on these airwaves. I'm not claiming it as my own original thought, but, I mean, you just look at the fact that last year everything kind of weirdly aligned with the bubble where you basically had two and a half months off leading into the playoffs, whereas this year, you know, Anthony Davis comes back, and I know it was a short turnaround, but he gets hurt he misses a bunch of time in the regular season he comes back he's just starting to play uh like that superstar caliber that we know he's capable of playing in game three in uh, game two and game three excuse me and then this happens yesterday I think the Suns are a good team I don't think that the Suns are great and I know that there's very various opinions about them but the biggest thing for them yesterday was that Chris Paul seemed to be back to being Chris Paul and when Chris Paul is healthy he raises the level of play of everybody on that court. And if those players are playing without Chris Paul to 100%, I think Chris Paul makes those other players 110%. And and I do think that at 110% with those players, they can beat the Lakers. Uh, at 100%, if DeAndre Ayton's 100% and, and Devin Booker's 100% and Cameron Payne's 100%, I don't know if they even if they have enough to do it. I, I'm not sure if they can take the Lakers, but if Chris Paul is there and Chris Paul is healthy, which appeared to be the case yesterday, it puts Phoenix in a much, much better situation in taking down the Lakers. And that's the that's the whole thing about this dynamic of this series that we also have to remember was game one, AD didn't show up and said that he would uh, he would make up for it. And to your point of what he did, he did in game two and he did in game three. But it was also in the series that we're saying, man, Phoenix can't do anything if they don't have Chris Paul. Well, now we have Chris Paul seemingly back from game four. So that puts Phoenix now a little bit ahead of the game. And now with no Anthony Davis, I just there's nothing on the Lakers that I can count on of stepping up and knocking off Phoenix outside of LeBron James being LeBron James. And even if he is LeBron James in psycho LeBron and going crazy, I don't even know if it's enough. And the only other thing that I can really count on, Aaron, is Caruso and Alex Caruso's performance. I know what I'm going to get each time he's on the court. Anybody else on that Lakers team, and you can go down the list of uh, Kyle Kuzma, of Andre Drummond, of Anthony Davis's health. Those are all unknowns, and that's why that's why I completely take them out of the title contender picture. They may be able to get Game Five in a freakish win, and hopefully Anthony Davis comes back. But this injury to me takes them out of the title contender, and 
when you look at what Anthony Davis does, for as great as he is, the injury history is always there, and that's always a part of the equation, and you have to put that in the equation when you talk about the Lakers' futures. Absolutely, and that that's what's interesting to me, is I even saw, and, and Frank Vogel said it after the game, hey, look, I've been on the other side of this. I know what it's like when uh, you, you, know, you question LeBron or you put his back against the wall. I saw it when I was in Indiana. It didn't work out well for me, but I do think there's the bigger picture of what does it mean even if they get through the series, which is how you open this thing by saying, are they out of title contention? And so I don't know if I truly believe that they are definitively unable to win a title um, because, I mean, in theory, there is the chance that Anthony Davis comes back, as you said, maybe misses game five. Maybe they win out, you know, in a, uh, a flukish way. They get game six a couple days off till the next series starts. But I, I just think that you're starting to see things and see holes. And, and sometimes, even in sports, it's always worth noting is that sometimes it's your year and sometimes it's not. Last year, everything worked out really well for the Lakers, but it's almost like, uh, you know, now they're playing, they're paying the repercussions for it. We saw LeBron James banged up for really essentially the first time in his career. We saw Anthony Davis banged up uh, going, uh, coming out of the regular season, coming into these playoffs. Now he's banged up again. And so I only bring it up because it feels like everything aligned for them really well last year. It doesn't feel like anything is aligning well for them this year. And, you know, you have Catavius Caldwell-Pope's situation as well. Uh, he didn't play in game four. There's just not a lot going for the Lakers, and it tells you huh, it's crazy with the NBA playoffs when you have these seven-game series. You think that you know. You actually think in game one, you're like, oh, this is how it's going to turn out, and it is so not the case. Look at what happened with the Clippers and Mavericks. Just look at the turns that this this series has yes. ended up taking. You know what it reminds me of a little bit? There's two things that, that, that kind of popped into my head. One was 2015 when LeBron had to take that injured Cavs team to the finals against the Warriors, and they got a game, but really it was going to be Golden State series, and LeBron could only do so much. And I kind of feel that he's in that scenario, even though I don't think that there's any team in the NBA, East or West, that is as good as that Warriors team was in 2015. But I also have a sense of, and this is from the Phoenix and the Chris Paul angle of when when he got injured in that series against the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals, when they were so close, they were so close to, to knocking off Golden State, and he ends up getting hurt, what, at the end of a Game 5 and is unavailable in, in Game 6, and they end up losing the, the series. That's kind of like where I feel like, like Phoenix evening the series yesterday seemed like a giant step for them. Agreed. But I'm just wondering if there's going like is there like are we right on that verge just like we felt like Houston was on that verge and heck they were on the verge in the game and then at the end of it Chris Paul ends up getting injured and the bottom kind of falls out. This is just what I wonder is Phoenix on the verge and is it too good to be true for them to hang on even if they win game five the Anthony Davis status is going to still be up in the air and and if he is going to play I think there are people that are going to side with the Lakers I just overall and the reason I just take them out of the the contention for this is just because I think Philadelphia and Milwaukee and are, are, are just really really good teams and at some point Anthony Davis is uh, status is just is going to catch up, but those those are the things that pop into my head. The Rockets uh, Warriors series was the one, and then LeBron just trying to carry that Cavs team against the Warriors. And for as much as he tried, 
it just uh, it, it it ended up being a moot point because Golden State was just so much better, and the Cavs didn't have enough. Absolutely, those are two things that immediately jumped to mind my mind as well, uh, and certainly the Chris Paul thing. I mean, when he went down in Game One, he just felt so bad. I I know I'm probably the last guy on this island, but I believed he should have been MVP of the league this year for how he transformed that franchise. But uh, with the Anthony Davis situation, with the Lakers situation, the other crazy element to this is that Anthony Davis, I, you know, and, and he said it after game two, and it felt like such kind of like an, well, he's saying it because that's what he's supposed to say, but he said, you know, I, I need to remember that I need to bring it every night, and I think LeBron has was slowly and has over the last two years instilling in him, I need you every single night, and so I bring it up because it almost was starting to pre-injury remind me of the following season after 2015. If you remember, uh, the Cavs get to the the finals, no Kyrie, no Kevin Love, and LeBron has to do it himself. But the following year, 2016, obviously the historic comeback. We all remember LeBron, but Kyrie Irving, who obviously, uh, you know, he has his own stuff going on right now. We'll talk about that soon. There were moments in that series against the Warriors where Kyrie just completely took over and you said, oh my goodness, this guy Mm -hmm. is even better than I thought. And I had I was starting to get those vibes from Anthony Davis of he gets what it takes, and now obviously this happens. And I think to your point, Dan, you're so right on is we just do not have any sort of track record that leads us to indicate that this guy is going to survive uh, survive over the next two months to get the Lakers another championship. Maybe the only saving grace to that, and maybe Anthony Davis and Chris Paul are much more alike than we think, is that we know that Chris Paul is going to do everything that he can to try to lead Phoenix, and sometimes that's not a good thing. We've Great already point. seen it in this series with his injury. Who knows if it could uh, you know, come back again to haunt him because if we're going to say the same things about Anthony Davis, and I'm as guilty of it as well, I can't assume that Chris Paul is going to be okay. That's actually what makes one of these – I mean, the NBA playoffs – have been great so far. I mean, for, for, for the twist that we have gotten in these first-round games, the NBA's first-round playoff over the last few years, I would say the last five or six years or so, really kind of been garbage because you kind of knew who was going to uh, do what and you had the better teams moving on. Even the Bucks sweep of the Heat was still somewhat dramatic because the Heat were a finals team for a year ago, and I think there were people that still counted out uh, Milwaukee it's, and and didn't think that they could get it done with Miami. So even a sweep ends up uh, being interesting. Maybe maybe the Philadelphia-Washington series is the one-off in all of this, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been really good. We'll find out if we'll get a good game five tomorrow night between the Lakers and Suns. Get Aaron Torres on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me, Dan Bayer, on Twitter at Dan Bayer on Fox. And if the Lakers are truly title contenders now that ad is likely to miss game five be sure to catch the live edition of the doug gottlieb show weekdays at 3 p.m eastern noon pacific on fox sports radio and the iheart radio app there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you coming and when you get access to resi priority notify with your amex platinum card hey this looks amazing I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Not specifically about the NBA, but it's the people who watch the NBA as the fan in Boston has now been charged for throwing a water bottle at Nets guard Kyrie Irving to talk about that and so much more. Our good buddy, sports attorney Dan Lust, joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, Dan, how are you? I'm good, guys. Happy Memorial Day to both of you. I, I honestly feel like if I have Dan Lust on a show that Aaron Torres is not on, like I feel like I'm cheating on Aaron. I, I don't I know, Aaron, if, if you feel like it's the same way, but like I feel like us three need to be together. And I was going through like uh, some other messages that we had previously, and I think it was around this time last year that we also got together and doing yep. a holiday show. So, so it just feels right to get us all <laughs> back together on this uh, holiday weekend. I think it's the one-year anniversary of the band forming. I think that's what it is. <laughs> okay. All right. That's, we go. When are we going on tour? All yeah, see it on HBO Max. The, uh, <laughs> the 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 replay. All right. So Cole Buckley, twenty-one-year-old Celtics fan, ends up uh, being charged with assault, 
and battery with a dangerous weapon, which is a felony. Is this is this going too far? Is this what's expected? Are these charges appropriate for the 21-year-old Celtics fan, Dan? Oh, so it's, it's difficult. So people understand that there is a lot of options that they could have charged him with for the maximum charge. Um, you know, if, and I guess people are dissecting this video like it's the Zapruder film, but I guess as an initial point, if the water bottle makes contact with Kyrie's head, when you go from something called assault, which in some jurisdictions means actually punching someone, hitting someone, but in most jurisdictions it just means getting close. It's almost like attempted battery. And if it makes contact, you get to battery. Okay, so you have maybe an assault, maybe a battery. Where it gets a little tricky and where I think some people might disagree with the ultimate charge, they're calling this assault and battery with a dangerous weapon. Now, uh, you know, um, could a full water bottle be considered a dangerous weapon, kind of like a rock if you throw it somewhere hard enough? Sure. Uh, but, you know, it's an empty plastic water bottle. I'm not sure it quite constitutes a dangerous weapon. I think if you said an empty water bottle is a dangerous weapon, the jury would look at you like you're insane. So yeah, I, I think there should be some type of charge here, whether it should be a felony that carries up to 10 years in jail. I, I think that's a little much. So that was so then that I guess would be kind of my pseudo follow up question is obviously this guy is going to be arraigned tomorrow. Um, what what are the next steps? But I guess more importantly, I mean, what what would what would actually happen in the courtroom? Because as you said, a jury's going to kind of sit there and say, uh, you know, come on, it, it, it was stupid. He shouldn't have done it. But uh, you know, a deadly weapon or whatever. Uh, is there a possibility that the charges get reduced? What what are the next logical steps? Yeah, so just like you would, like when we're talking about what type of contract the guy going to sign in the offseason, you have to kind of negotiate this down. So what the DA will generally do in these situations, they'll take the most, you know, we'll say the most serious possible charge they could make out. Here, I mean, could a, could a water bottle be a dangerous weapon? Sure. But they'll kind of, uh, they'll put their foot in the sand there and then say, this is the most serious charge you could be hit with, a felony. And then they'll try to take a plea deal from there. It's very rare that, uh, that someone will take a plea to the uh, most serious offense charge. So here, if you're going to try to create a felony, maybe you're going to try to set up a situation where, you know, this 21-year-old Celtics fan will plead to a misdemeanor. Um, you know, we'll see. Misdemeanor comes with jail time. I'm not sure uh, if his criminal defense attorney is going to argue that. And I think, you know, I think it's important. I, I watched that original footage, right, with the announcer, and he doesn't think it makes contact with Kyrie Irving. There are witnesses that said that it maybe grazed Kyrie's head. If you just watch Kyrie on the video, I don't think he thinks it hits him. So there's a level of the statute that says that the individual or the victim has to be placed in, in reasonable apprehension for his life. And if Kyrie didn't know if it hit him or he, it just didn't hit him, that's a completely different level. So, yeah, I, I think the criminal defense attorney is going to have a lot to argue here. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting, right, guys? This past week we saw Trey Young. We saw the incident with Russell Westbrook. This is the only one that amounted to criminal charges. So, it, I don't know, it's, it might set a precedent for other fans. We have to see. Dan Lust, sports attorney, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Find him on Twitter at Sports Law Lust. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer, sitting in for Doug Gottlieb today. You mentioned the Russell Westbrook situation. I mean, is there is there anything like in in hey you know that that a that a prosecutor could charge someone for just dumping popcorn on someone? Yeah, I, see, it's funny if you if you ask me about the Trey Young one. I think spitting on I know spitting on someone is assault in the state of New York. I mean, it's not, you would never call, uh, you know, a loogie a dangerous weapon, right? Because it's not going to hurt anybody, but it's still offensive. It's, it still sure. rises to the level where there yeah. should probably be criminal conduct. Dumping popcorn on someone, I don't know, maybe it's harassment or like criminal mischief, but it's, it's a very low level offense. 
you could charge someone with it. And it's not to say that the DA won't turn around and try to nail the, the Westbrook fan or, you know, even alternatively the Trey sure. Young fan. But they know, they know who it is. So, you know, I, I think it's interesting. I mean, I think it definitely sets a line in the stand that, you know, that you can't play that game with a professional athlete. Yeah, I mean, it, it, by no means has the time frame run to, to hit these guys with criminal charges. So that ship has not yet sailed on either front. And, and just to follow uh, follow up on that, Dan, the, it seems to me that, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but that a court can only do go so far in in doing what they're doing that the real deterrent almost would have to come from the arena or the team. And it's something that Aaron and I talked about that you've got to figure out a way to make sure that other people, you know, don't do this anymore. Like, is that the court's role or, 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 or am I right in saying that the courts can really only do so much when it comes to trying to deter this? I mean, it's not necessarily the courts as much as it is the police department. And, you know, uh, I'm sure we've all been to our fair share of games. There's private security arena and there's always police officers in the arena. So to the extent that they want to make a, a public arrest like they did with the Celtics guy, I mean, it's, it's kind of on them. The stadium, you know, I'm sure to some extent they're telling the police officers and security guards what to do, what not to do. I remember not so long ago, right, the guys, the Masai Ujiri incident with uh, the uh, yeah. Warriors and the Raptors. I mean, that was some rogue actor who was not affiliated with the arena making a decision. And, you know, could you have criminal charges that resulted from a security guard making arrests or private security guard? Sure. But, yeah, I think it's kind of a hybrid role. It's if the security guards want to make a decision, if the police officers want to make a decision, and if the arena wants to tell the officers and security guards that are there, hey, we want to make an example out of people. Yeah, that's that's all in play. I think it's everyone kind of working in concert with one another. So it's really interesting, Dan, because now there's all these variables that I hadn't even considered. And I just want to bring back something you said really quick. Could, could in theory, whoever was calling the game, and I, I don't know if it was Marv Albert or whoever, I had the, the TV on silent um, while I was watching, but, I mean, could Marv Albert talking about, oh, it looks like the, the bottle just miscarried, could, could that, like, actually be played in a court of law in defense of this this kid that is now in so much trouble? A hundred percent. I almost think that's, a, that's an, you know, an element for the other side, right? Because at a certain point, contact, but put it this way, People need to understand what assault is. If I ball my fist up and I punch and I get really close to your face, but I don't hit you, that will, will place you in what they call reasonable apprehension of fear. Hey, like you probably could have gotten hurt, but you didn't. So it's, again, like attempted battery. If Kyrie doesn't know that the thing hits him or it doesn't hit him, either of those two options, you don't really get to a level of battery or really assault if Kyrie doesn't even know. If it, it's almost as if I balled up my fist and threw a fake punch at the back of your head. You didn't even know I did it, right? So it's, it's a different level of offense. So, yeah, Kyrie Irving's testimony is going to be important. Um, but what he envisioned in that one moment is, is going to be important. I think Kyrie kept his stride and didn't really react until the people around him reacted. So, yeah, I mean, again, to, to put a you know, the fine pin on it, right, like I think the guy obviously did something wrong. You can't do that in a private arena. But is it a felony? I don't think so, and then I think it's a you know a question as to whether or not you actually got to a battery if it made contact. Because I'm still not sure on my thousandth watching of this video if it actually made contact with them. All right, I, I'm going to wrap up with this, and this has nothing to do with Kyrie Irving or Trey Young or water bottles or popcorn or spit. Uh, I was just on paternity leave. Uh, it came back after a little more than a month, uh, but I watched a lot of Judge Judy. Is Judge Judy right in saying "shut up, you're winning"? Like when, when she's telling the plaintiffs, is that is that the best option, Dan, coming from an attorney when Judge Judy tells you to shut up? Do you shut up? Is that the best way to go? 
Dan, I did not expect that question from you, and I am all for it. Okay. Um, Judge Judy is one of the wealthiest individuals in our country. I think if Judge Judy tells you to shut up, in court or outside of court, you listen to Judge Judy. Oh, man. I'll tell you what. I, I, you know, that, I, I, I can't tell you. If I had a nickel for every time I heard, that's hearsay. I don't want to hear it. I'd be a, I'd be a rich man. Uh, Dan Lust, he's our sports attorney, our go-to guy. Find him on Twitter at SportsLawLust. And I highly recommend you checking out his podcast, Conduct Detrimental. Dan, we appreciate the time. It's so great to talk to you again. And uh, we'll have to do it again sooner than we did this time. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure, guys. Happy to do it. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm not sure on how much people are optimistic in Wisconsin that Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Green Bay Packer quarterback uh, in week one of the season. There seems to be a, a continued huge disconnect between Rodgers and the team even as much as Austin Gale of Pro Football Focus, who joined us earlier in the program, says not only does he not see Rodgers playing football for Green Bay this fall, he doesn't see Rodgers playing football, period. Yep. And that Green Bay wouldn't budge in their stance. And I, I've thought about this position. I don't think that Aaron Rodgers is right. I don't think that Aaron Rodgers is justified in the angst that he has. I don't think that he's handled the situation with uh, with great uh, tact, if you will. I will say this, though. If you're the Green Bay Packers, I think it's time you trade Aaron Rodgers. Interesting. And the reason that I say that is this. In just looking at the whole picture, looking at where you are, you run the risk of what Austin Gale set up, is that Aaron Rodgers may not play football again, may choose to not play football. And by what he's done in the offseason in jeopardy and going to Hawaii and, and, and doing all the fun things that he's done, not that players don't vacation during the time, but he, I think he's made a conscious effort of showing all the things that he has done that, hey, life after football is there for Aaron Rodgers. So for Green Bay to run the risk of Aaron Rodgers being willing to walk away I think they, tr they, they need to trade him, and it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. And the reason that I say that is this, and I know people look at Green Bay and say, man, without Aaron Rodgers, they're nothing. They're, they're not an NFC championship team like they were if they don't have Aaron Rodgers. I will give you that. But I will also say this. Aaron Rodgers is going to be 37 years old in the 2021 NFL season. There are five quarterbacks who have gone on and won Super Bowls older than Aaron Rodgers uh, will be at that point. Tom Brady, we obviously know about. But Peyton Manning was one of them. Peyton Manning didn't necessarily win a Super Bowl at the top of his game. Did the two seasons prior when he was uh, 37 years old, which is the age that Rodgers would be. So you, there's, it's been done before where you've had great years. But realistically, if you're the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers' value is never going to be any higher than it is right now. Coming off of an MVP season for a team that would want him, whether it be Denver, whether it be the Raiders, whether whoever, 
you could the, the most that you could get for Aaron Rodgers is right now. And to avoid running the risk of just letting him walk away, be the one to be proactive. It's not giving in to him. It's not saying Aaron Rodgers runs our front office. It's doing what's best for your franchise. And if he's not going to be there and you don't get anything in return for it, you're not doing what's best for your franchise. What you did what was best for your franchise was you felt you needed to draft Jordan Love. You needed to draft A.J. Dillon. You needed to not draft wide receivers. That's their vision. So if you're going to stand in line and stay in line and toe that line like Brian Gutekunst in the Packers front office is of what's doing best for the Packers, the best thing for them would be to trade Aaron Rodgers because his value right now is never going to be any higher than it is coming off of an MVP season. So I, I agree in part of what you're saying. I, I do agree his value is never going to be higher. I do agree that his window uh, to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback where, where he is playing at an MVP level is smaller uh, is probably smaller than we give it credit for. But that Super Bowl window is still open. And so to me, I still lean more on the you got to figure out a guy to, a way to make this guy happy. And, and I'll just say this really quickly, and I know it's it's kind of a little bit of a bizarre parallel, but a year ago we all watched – the last dance and Michael you know Michael Jordan was kind of at that same age where you know three straight finals runs um you know can he really do it again this guy's getting older that guy's getting older well guess what we all came out of that documentary saying that Jerry Reinsdorf and Jerry Krause were wrong and if Aaron Rodgers does continue if he does have success somewhere else or beyond that if the Packers never find any equivalent to Aaron Rodgers and it is Really hard to find good quarterbacks in this league. Ask a team like the Jets, like the Panthers, what they've gone through the last two, three, four years uh, coming out of the Cam Newton era. I just, I, I still think you got to find, there's there's just not that many guys that can do what he do, assuming that you think he can still do it for more than a year or two. There, There isn't. There isn't. And, and, and by the way, I gave Aaron Rodgers a year. He's 37 right now. He turns 38 in December. Even more reason why I think they, they should do it. For everything that you said, I understand that. Ask the other teams what life is like. The unfortunate reality for Green Bay is that they may have to experience that scenario without even making the decisions for themselves. Don't leave it in Aaron Rodgers' court to say, all right, Aaron Rodgers, uh, you decide if you want to come back or not. It's that's where that's where I, if you believe what what you are doing and what you have done, and I and I I find it I find it so interesting that people are just you know they're they're so critical about Aaron Rodgers not knowing what the Packers were doing with the draft pick when there's no guarantee that Jordan Love would even be the heir apparent, and 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 I I, I just I don't. I understand, like, you know, the Vikings told Kirk Cousins that they were going to take Kellen Mond at that time. I don't know if they called him and said, hey, we're going to take Justin Fields, you know, or try to trade up and take Justin Fields. I just don't know what the Packers actually owe Aaron Rodgers. And if, if if he's still holding on to that grudge, I, I you know, to me that's an Aaron Rodgers problem. And this isn't going to be the only problem that they'd have to deal with if, if, if he comes back. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't like something that's going on, guess what? Aaron Rodgers is going to speak out and say, I don't like this and I don't like that. It may not end up being in wins or losses, but to think that Aaron Rodgers is going to come back and lead the team to a Super Bowl or lead them to another NFC championship game after all of this, I, I, I think that's like the least likely option. Maybe the most likely option is him 
ending up just not wanting to play from what Austin Gale told us earlier and is a sentiment that I hear more and more. I just think if you're Green Bay, maybe you don't run the risk of that happening. Maybe you get your boatload of first-round picks and end up looking out for the franchise and say, hey, you know what? Aaron Rodgers put us in a place that we had to make this decision. Put it on Aaron Rodgers' shoulder. Just like, just kind of like what they did with Brett Favre and Brett Favre, you know, being like, all right, we need to give Aaron Rodgers these reps. Favre's going to retire. Favre ends up coming back. To, hey, we kind of moved on. The Packers have to do what's best for the Packers. And right now, I think that move is trading Aaron Rodgers and getting what you can for him before he leaves you high and dry and empty with no draft picks or compensation. It's just, it's a totally different deal. Uh, you know, it's just, it's so unique and. Again, I think the biggest question that nobody has the answer to is, is there anything that you can do to fix the relationship with Aaron Rodgers? I mean, obviously we know about the relationship with the GM and all that kind of stuff, but it's clear they're not going to be firing anybody. Uh, but what can you do? What? And maybe we're just at the point where we are at a point of no return. I would still push back a little bit on on the window being closed or the opportunity, uh, you know, the least likely thing to happen is for them to be in contention again next year. I think part of it is the town on that roster. I think part of it is the division that they play in. So I understand the sentiment. And I'm not even saying that it's the wrong sentiment. I'm just saying that, you know, I just, you got to well, figure out. Go ahead, go ahead. And no, no, I, I, I was, and, and not to interrupt, I still think like the Patriots weren't wrong in moving on from Tom Brady. Even though Brady goes and wins his Super Bowl with the Buccaneers, I don't know if the Patriots would have won a Super Bowl if Tom Brady was there last year. I don't think that they would have, not with their opt-outs and not with their situation as it is. So you figure out a way to move ahead. If Bill Belichick wins three Super Bowls with Mac Jones as his quarterback, was it the right move in moving on from Tom Brady? Yeah, probably. You know, so so the one or two seasons that Green Bay may not get of success without Aaron Rodgers. And if he goes to Denver and wins the Super Bowl, it's the same thing with the Tom Brady situation. It's just that Green Bay's got to look out for themselves. And maybe, you know what, in the long run, it will come together. The problem is, is I just don't think that they can run the risk of being left high and dry with nothing to show for it. So if Aaron Rodgers isn't going to look out for the Packers, then the Packers have to look out for themselves. And that's why I think ending up trading him and making that move is really the best thing. Because if he wants to do Jeopardy, if he wants to do all those other things and it ends up leaving Green Bay high and dry, the Packers are going to be in a much worse situation all because they seemingly uh, were trying to, I guess, cater to, to Aaron Rodgers. I think they put themselves in a just a really, really dangerous spot. And if you can get the value for what he is coming off of an MVP season, you can still get quite a haul in draft picks and resetting your franchise. Well, that part is a thousand percent correct in terms of, uh, you know, it will position you, it will position you nicely. You still got to uh, take advantage of all those draft picks and use them appropriately. Sure. But I'll say this: it doesn't seem like either side is really backing down. So I, you know, it's going to get uh, very interesting here, especially as we hit June one, as the the, the cap stuff kind of changes a little bit. It's going to be fascinating to watch. I'll, I'll, I know we got to take a timeout, but I will ask you this: if they cave to Aaron Rodgers, give him his contract the way that they want to be, do you think everything would be 
all good in Green Bay between Rodgers and the Packers. And that is the other variable that cannot be answered because you brought up a great point earlier, which is this is not his first time. We had the Mike McCarthy situation. We yeah. had this situation, his parents, the the point that Austin brought up earlier in the show as our guest. So it's not as though uh, you smooth this one out, everything's going to be hunky-dory going forward. Uh, so it's a great point by you. Yeah, I, I, I think that I think there would be something else that would pop up that then you have to deal with again. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.